This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDConstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDConstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. And Jesse M. is asking which musician who died young, if you would change their fate and they were to live, would you choose? That is the easiest question I'm ever asked, and that is Jimi Hendrix. Good morning, Alan Poupard. Who is the Who's Jimi Hendrix? Who's Jimi Hendrix? For you also? No, no, no. Um, young, he said. Died young. Okay. Um, 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 off the top of my head, Kurt Cobain, maybe? Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Um, it's pretty good. If Kurt Cobain happens, does Foo Fighter ever happen? happen? That's a great question. I kind of get the feeling it would. Um, I kind of you get think Dave, Dave Grohl had to grow. Right. He had to, he had to, yeah, huh? At some point. Um, he, he's just too insanely talented. And, it's funny because maybe, saw... maybe too sane to stay with the insanely talented, but also kind of insane Kurt Cobain, too. So he might have, you know what? He might have tired of the act after a while, probably. Yes. You're right. Yeah, and it's interesting. I saw a recent interview with him where he talked about like how introverted he was when he first got into like into music and all that. And he's so not, he's so not. I mean, he's just I mean, he's one of my favorite, and just in terms of his personality, and not only the fact that he's incredibly talented too. So, he's the most likable rock star oh, on the planet. He's, he's completely awesome. by miles, yeah. by miles. And there's no other guy that you see and you say, "I want to hang with that dude." Mm -hmm. and, and like you're like you feel like a hundred percent that he's going to be like super freaking cool, you know? And yeah. uh yeah, it's. uh Did you see by? Did you see a documentary? Uh, sound something or whatever the one the the one that he he uh, that it's it's about the recording studio in L.A. and he he kind of uh, he even saved the 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 board and everything he has it in his own studio you know what I'm talking about have no. you seen that yet no, but I'll have oh to check God. it out that's that. yes that. you have to check it out because it's it's a recording studio that anybody who's everybody recorded there you name it the amount of uh, it was on Sunset. I forgot the damn name of the... Somebody help me out out there. I know one of you have watched that thing. Uh, I've watched it a couple times now, and that is one of the great documentaries that you definitely want to watch it. No, and I his inter it. his interaction with the young girl drummer like a couple of years back was completely insane. I mean, I was so effing cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's actually really cool. If I remember the name, I'll tell you guys out there, but... Uh, it's uh sunset records is that what it's called dude 67 uh, no 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 i don't think it's sunset records it's called something else um it's a studio and i forgot the damn name of it but but either way all right let's uh let's get to it first of all your thoughts on on the super bowl because i know you were going back and forth on it on uh on on Twitter, so the way the game ended and the way the the position that the referee was put in. No, that's tough. But to me, I I can't help but go back to 
the first half play, the third down where Smith Schuster is running over the middle and he's tugged. He's, the guy tugs his jersey, turns him around a little bit. There's no flag. Okay. If you're not calling it, then for Christ's sake, don't be calling it on third and eight with a minute and a half left. Um, and spare me the whole, well, he did grab his jersey. Yeah, I get it. Guess what? There, there was one defensive holding penalty accepted or declined called the entire game. That was it. Are you expecting anybody to believe that that's the only time that there was a tug on a jersey? Come on. No. Well, there were two tugs, by the way. It's two holds. Uh, well, that's probably the same play, correct. But that, that was the only play the entire game there was a where a defensive back was holding. Come on. Um I, I get it, but you put the you put the guy in a position where and everybody's seeing it, and there's two holds on that play, not just one. And so that's where you kind of put yourself in a position for him to call it. And then when he calls it, don't get mad that it happens. You know, it's I I I, I put it akin to, well, okay, listen. It's 65, the speed limit. Everybody's driving around 70, 72, 73, and they don't stop you. But this day, there's a guy on the side of the road, and he wants to stop you at 73, 74, and then you put him in a position where he can make that decision if he felt like it or not, and but there you go. Can you can, true. Both can be true. You can't, tell, you can't tell the cop, but, hey, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, but you are speeding, right? Correct. And you're like, yeah, and well, there you go. Here's your ticket. And I think that's kind of it, that you put the referee in that position. So if he makes the call, you can't blame him because there clearly was a penalty, two but penalties. Both, but both can be true. It can be you're true. Right. It can be true. Right. And, and the, the, the infuriating part, if you're an Eagles fan, and for record, for, for, for transparency's sake, I have no dog in the fight. I would have preferred seeing Philadelphia win because I have friends who work for the Eagles. Not only that, I'm tired of the Chiefs, even though I respect the hell out of what they're doing. Uh, the infuriating part for them, it was the same motion inside, go back outside, where they got the two touchdowns where the guys are open by 10 yards inside the five-yard line. It's like, I mean, how many times were they going to get smoked by that play? Um, so to me, it's but it's a case again, of Darius Slay was sloppy on the play and put himself in the position to get called. But the official, again, to me, that, 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 that's a flag. That's a flag you eat. <clears throat> and, and by the way, uh, uh, you're talking about the two guys that we were with at Larius eating the Italian food a couple of years back. There's two of them and another one. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. They're good dudes. They're good dudes. Good friends of mine. And they're really good dudes. Yeah, cool. they're really good dudes. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, we got to hit that Italian place this year. We haven't hit that Italian place the last couple. Well, I haven't been there in the last. Yeah, been years. there. Yeah. You know what I mean. But I know we're gonna hit the Irish bar for the uh, for the Panther game. But we gotta cool. we gotta hit Laria's, bro. I haven't oh. been to Laria's in a while. Good, uh, a nice, good, solid good Italian meal. And and by the way, a very reasonable price too. They don't rip you off at that place, too. That's uh, that's the other thing. If you ever go to Indianapolis, folks, there's a place called Laria's. It's just outside of downtown, like two miles outside of downtown. But it's, uh, you know, just a, a short uh, Uber drive and well worth it if you ever go to Indy. Just just saying. So I, I get it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I uh, By the way, I did not realize they corrected me here. 
because I, I thought Fangio went to help out the defense. I didn't know that he was helping out the offense. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even look into it that much. Did you realize that, that he was helping out the offense? Yeah, I've got I've gotten conflicting reports on this. I think I, one of the guys in the report might have reported that he, he was helping out the offense, which – kind of weird to me because how much how much studying of the defense would he have done I, I know he was a head coach with the broncos um for three years but as a pure i mean as a defensive guy i would think his area of expertise would be more trying to help out stopping the kansas city offense i mean that that that, that was kind of weird to me but like i said i, I way, but i was i'm busting balls here to have some fun dolphin fans would have been livid the day after well his defense didn't get any pressure on mahomes no sacks. They would be bitching right now about it with no sacks. I'm just saying. I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. Let's no, like let's like Cardinals fans are like I don't I don't want Jonathan Gannon now. You got they got Eagle defense got smoked by Mahomes. I don't want him anymore. Right, right. Uh, which is and, and it really Mahomes did his thing, but the whole team did its thing. Defense scored, special teams gave you practically a touchdown with a run back to the five-yard line. So that's the other thing that we have to look at. That that entire team contributed to that win. It wasn't just – personally for me, dude, the MVP was the offensive line, really not Mahomes. I get it because of the dramatic, the high, ankle, the high ankle, all that stuff. Hell, when he ran up the middle of the field – with that high ankle injury, he was pulling away from guys. Shows you how much adrenaline was, you know, was carrying his ass. But I, I'm not going to take anything away. The most important factor to that game was those five guys up front. Not one sack, dude. That's and impressive. Not a whole, not a whole lot of pressure. I looked at the game book. It said five quarterback hits by the Eagles, and I'm like, I'm like scratching my head to to think where. I don't recall Mahomes being hit very much, and. He did say there was a clip of him like in the locker room after the game saying like number seven, that's Hassan Reddick, was chasing me the, all night. I thought he was going to get me at some point. I'm like, did I miss something? I, I, didn't, right. I didn't see that, that pressure. And it also illustrates what a huge difference and props to Kansas City because in their previous Super Bowl appearance, their offensive line got absolutely annihilated by the Bucks, and they completely revamped the hell out of it. The only, the only remaining starter is Andrew Wiley. And right. then – and that team just nailed. They hit like Trey Smith in the draft, who was a guy who had injury concerns, and, and Creed Humphrey, who, who yeah, who, people kind of knew that. That's the guy I, I had my eye on for the Dolphins. Um, they didn't get Trey Smith had injury concerns. Those aren't panning out. And those guys are like ballers. And then they got Orlando Brown because he wanted to play left tackle, and the, the Ravens already had Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, um, no, that was uh, that was uh, an absolute monster makeover of that line and they fixed that thing quickly and uh they were just absolutely awesome so yeah i just wanted to bring that up that whole thing with you know if and again nothing against fangio or anything i'm i'm glad he's here for the dolphins but it's just kind of funny that they they couldn't get a sack on him you know and i'm i'm sure he had to have also assisted uh on the defensive side all right um it looks like they're we when will we hear uh the official hiring and then now we're hearing about Tom Donatel too uh what are you hearing about that interview also taking place well my 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 feeling right now and this is something that is not unusual is you're not going to get piecemeal announcements of hirings i think they're going to wait until they have the whole staff finalized 
like like Fangio's on board now. Now he's got to fill out. He needs an outside linebackers coach, assistant linebackers coach was fired. They're down to one DB coach, uh, who's Sam Madison, who, by the way, was on the Kansas City Chiefs staff last year and wanted to come home to South Florida, but missed out on the Super Bowl. Um, so they have to hire those guys. And then, yeah, Tom Donatel makes perfect sense because he's the son of a longtime Vic Fangio colleague, Ed Donatel, who wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he also came on board, we would have a father and son combination because he was with him at three different stops. He was the DC in Minnesota last year, was fired. So now he's available. And then I looked at that 2021 Denver Broncos staff when, when Fangio was the head coach. And two of the assistants were uh, John Pagano, who was an outside linebackers coach, the brother of Chuck Pagano, who's not was not an employed in 2022. He could be a logical addition. Same as Reggie Herring, who was with Fangio way back when at one of his earlier stops, rejoined him in Denver. That's a former uh, Fuller State linebacker. So wouldn't surprise because, again, they had an opening at assistant linebackers and outside linebackers. So those could be those two guys. Donatel could be one of your DB coaches. Ed Donatel could be, if he does come on board, like a senior defensive assistant, that type of thing. And um, so I, I, but I would think again, they're going to wait till everything's finalized and then announce all the, the, the coaching staff changes. Um, Tua, what'd you, uh, what'd you think of the farce that was the, um, Super Super Bowl week interviews, because uh, it it just it it was embarrassing to be quite honest. It oh, was no. lame. Dude, it was dude, he's getting he's getting terrible. he's getting cash to be flown out first first class in Arizona to, to pump up the subway. What was it? No, What's no, I, I, no. His bank account did well, but yeah, I'm just saying the, the interviews point. themselves were were terrible. Quite honestly, they 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 really did not do him any justice, but. Let's get into the meat of the matter of all of that. You know, there was a report that was, well, you know, they're uh, holding him up, but if the Dolphins win and advance in the, in the playoffs, he might be ready to play. Well, he kind of exposed that that, I think it was a Schefter report, that that report was not accurate because they never even put him into the protocol till after the season ended. So they had zero intentions ever of playing him again this year. He was never, ever going to see the field. So those reports of, well, if they advance, you could see, you know, um, uh, Tua, that was definitely not accurate. Well, I, I, I didn't see that, but they did put him in the protocol. I mean, they literally put him in the protocol the day after the Green Bay game. Um, after the season was over, he said it. But yeah. he had already been in the protocol. I don't understand what that means. He was in the protocol. No. He didn't, he didn't enter the protocol till after the season was over. Then you're, then you're saying that Mike McDaniel flat out lied to us. They said literally, he told us literally the day after the Green Bay game that Tua had been placed in the concussion protocol. They lied literally to you. That. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Tua even said, Tua said it himself in the interviews that he was put, am I right? Am I, oh, Sean just left. But uh, yeah, he was put into protocol after the season ended. So the Dolphins I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Plans. Yeah, I mean, in fact, uh, in well, fact, were, I he think... did like seven different interviews, and it's possible he may have said different things all over the place. He mentioned, he basically hinted that, like, on the, the Lebertard interview, that he could have played in the Pro Bowl, but didn't want to because he didn't feel right for this first 
football activity to be the Pro Bowl instead of something with the Dolphins. So that's mm-hmm. that he's he's hinting there that yeah he could have been ready to play, like had the Dolphins made a deep playoff run. So, um, but it's kind of it's kind of weird that they didn't start the protocol till the season ended. That's why it took so long uh, for for the whole thing. So really, while he was t- look, I'll, I'll even uh, let me see Barry Jackson actually I think put it in his article. Uh, also, and I'm going to read it off of uh, Barry's article here. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Barry's article. Uh, maybe later. Um, uh, for concussion protocol, I think the team did the biggest service throughout that they never allowed me to go through protocol normally until the season was done. So that's why it might have seemed like it took forever, but they were just protecting me from myself. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he wasn't in protocol. That means that they were they weren't moving him along in the protocol. Is that is what that could mean? But they never. He said they never allowed me to go through protocol normally until the season was done. Correct, but the protocol involves like five steps. What he what he's what he's saying, I would surmise, is that the part they, for you to pass to be cleared. Right. They didn't start doing it until after the season was done. So my point is that the reports oh, that they, were that wrong. They, that they shut him down. What, what reports? The reports were wrong. Like, well, oh, if the Dolphins advanced, yeah, yeah the, the, there was never a plan to play him ever at all. No, they shut, no they, they shut him down. After the, the, the Green Bay concussion, they were shutting him down. They shut him down. Yeah. Exactly. Which makes and sense. He was saying that they protected. I thought that was actually, to me, that's what I had heard, that he was done. And and I told everybody, there's a plan in place. And from the get-go, they've been talking about, there's a plan, there's a plan. Uh, I took judo, by the way, for, for a few years. Mm-hmm. And it, judo, the one thing that has always stuck with me is falling. And it's one of the things that in judo they teach you is that you to learn how to fall, to brace your fall, to break your fall. Uh, so I, when he said that, I know it sounded foreign to a lot of people, especially if you've never taken judo uh, before, but it is so, it's part of your lessons. And so your thoughts on on those kind of things that yeah, they're trying. I, I don't want to overblow that because yeah, and I, and I get it, and I, I've I've never taken judo, but I've I've done some wrestling and, and all that, and it's like, yeah, that, that's all great and dandy if you have like a chance to kind of brace yourself when when you're in the pocket and you got a 300, 300 pound guy who's going to ragdoll you. I don't think that two, the two is going to be able to apply the lessons he's learned in judo to be like, okay, I got to fall like this. So I don't, right, right. Right. I, I wouldn't want to overblow that. To me, the bigger issue and no, no, but 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 it, it's it will help you in certain falls, not sure. every fall because yeah. you're going to get some. In fact, the last one wouldn't have helped you. Okay, the one where he got tripped up and landed on his back. Well, certainly not the, the one two. against Cincinnati because you just got ragdolled. And the, and the here's the thing with 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 two and unfortunately, I don't know how how that's ever going to happen. Is he's always going to be vulnerable to getting that kind of whiplash play because he's just not big. Right. And he, he's not thick either. So right. this is why, and again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. The two plays where he had the official concussions, he had 
plenty of time. This is not, these were not normal plays. This is him hanging on to the ball too long. Stop doing that. You're going to reduce your risk by 70%. And yeah, then, my turn. and then if you can, if you can save another 10% with the judo, the things you learn in judo, now you're up to 80%. And then, and then you're basically left with really, really fluky stuff. Uh, which is, which is what everybody's at. Everybody has that flukiness that you could be out. But I agree with you 100%, and that's what I've said for a long time. His bigger problem more than anything else has always been hanging on to the ball. That's what's brought on all these big-time injuries. If he gets rid of the ball and makes quick decisions, you know, there's no way uh, there's no way that you're going to, you know. Um, no, and, and, and the other thing, too, is – there are other guys, and you, and I can see like the counter argument. Well, you're gonna like waste plays. Okay, that's fine. But Josh Allen can get away with that because he's huge. Patrick Mahomes can get away with that because he's insanely quick in the pocket. Yeah. Lamar Jackson because he can outrun people. Tua's game is precision, timing, accuracy, and all that. It's not like great, pure physical, like you know, natural no. skills. No, um, it's it's a, it's the same thing as Peyton Manning actually. Same thing, except Peyton's bigger, so he could take more hits for Correct. it overall. But he plays the same way: Correct. precision, make make quick decisions, get rid of the football. Peyton wasn't going to take extra hits either; he was going to get rid of the damn football Correct. right away. And that's all he is. He's a smaller version of it, and he's got to learn to play the same way. Some of those statues that have played in this game, like I've said, Marino's bust and Peyton Manning's bust. They move just as fast as those guys. And they're in the Hall of Fame, bro. Correct, correct. So, you know, you can make it in the Hall of Fame at a snail's pace. Just make sure you make quick decisions. That's no, and, it, and you'll, and you'll live. Tua said it himself last year. It is like his, his natural tendency is to try to make something happen, like, all the time. Well, this he's got he's to keep fighting, fighting that within himself, and the Dolphin coaches have to keep pounding it into him. Dude. Your health and staying healthy is more important than that particular third and ten. And if we have to punt, then we punt. I mean, right? Yep. Uh, by the way, Brian nailed it earlier in our interview. I just didn't want to uh, keep going with it, uh, but I'm, uh, we're on the back end of it. Sound City okay. is the name of the documentary. So look it up, and oh, brother, it is going to be one of the most enjoyable ninety minutes, two hours of your life, uh, and educational. You know, everybody, bro, Fleetwood Mac, Elton John, Led Zeppelin, what you you name it. Everybody recorded the Eagles. Everybody recorded like a, a, a legendary album there. I think Rumors was recorded there in Sound City and shit. Like, it, it, it's just it, it, you'll see when you watch that, you're going to go, holy shit. And he took the soundboard with him. Because it, they were they were going out of business because digital has taken them out of business. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll talk about the whole story about all of that. And so he wanted to maintain the, the, the soundboard because that soundboard had produced so many amazing albums. And so he and he took the soundboard out of Sound City and put it in his studio now. So his personal studio has like that legendary board that has recorded album after album it's uh it's it's well worth it uh before i let you go what are the dolphins next moves here uh are, that we are we're expecting over the next couple of weeks here heading into free agency you mean besides finalizing the coaching staff um of course. i would expect very 
sooner rather than later, a Christian Wilkins extension. Um, the restructurings, there might be restructurings already done that, you, that those they don't announce unless they involve an extension of some sort. Um, but I can certainly see some of those. And I think you could see a couple of, you know, guys getting released as well. Um, I think Jerome Baker's vulnerable. I think Byron Jones very obviously is vulnerable. Um, but I think number one, because the thing the Dolphins have to do internally is to do the self-scouting and go look at all their 27, I think it is, on unrestricted free agents. Okay, which guys are we bringing back? Which guys are we, are we cool with letting go? That's priority number one. And once they do that, and I think they're going to go about like maybe re-signing. I would hope, I think they're going to maybe re-sign some of those guys, um, you know, before free agency starts March 15th. It's interesting Raheem Mostert did the rounds to it at the Super Bowl and I actually wrote a story about it. And the way he talked, it was he was talking like, because he's a pending free agent. And in a month, he technically doesn't have a team. And the way he was talking is we moving forward, what we got to do and all that. I mean, towards our guy. I mean, it was, it was pure he was pure. He's staying with the Miami Dolphins. And if you know, if you know the, the relationship that he and Mike McDaniel have and the way Mike McDaniel talks about him all the time, it'd be a shock to me if they didn't re-sign him. And it would be, it's one of those where why even pro I'm not even sure like most goes to the market. I don't know that he can get a, a huge long-term deal because of his injury history. So if he, if you were to tell me that they announced it's an extension for him or a new contract for him next week, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. And there could be a couple of other guys like that as well. Dougie Fresh, our uh, our um, resident smartass. He hurt me bad uh, last. Our, our resident smartass says, Alan, don't you think Tua holding on to the ball too long is like swinging at everything? You know, that only works for Vladimir Guerrero. There you go. There you go. Now we're talking. Without gloves, by the way. Without gloves. Yeah. Always add that with Vladimir Guerrero. That badass is doing it without gloves. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that's a big thing, you go ahead and grab a wooden bat and hit a 97-mile-an-hour fastball with no gloves. <laughs> it's a guy they used to say about him, he doesn't, hit it, he doesn't hit it where it's pitched, he hits it when it's pitched. Yes, that's it. He doesn't swing, matter. He would swing at everything. There was a clip of him that hit a home run. The ball's basically – like this, this far off the ground, then he just golfed. I, it. I, I've seen it, and then he yells four after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've a, seen it. It was amazing. He is, he is, he is a freak of all freaks. Follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL, and remember, you become an official Miami Dolphins fan when you bookmark alldolphins.com. so you can get anything and everything this man writes all day long. He writes in his sleep. I'm telling you, he does. He writes in his sleep. He's got like this typewriter there. Artificial intelligence, he's just sending it over, and, and he's just producing articles while he sleeps. Alan, thank you as always, my friend. We will catch up later in the week. Sounds like a plan, and I'll uh, try to check out Sound City when I get a chance. Yeah, it's free on YouTube. You can actually check it on YouTube. It's there. They're, they uh, just told me that you can see it on YouTube. So there you go. You don't even need a streaming service. Excellent. All right? You got it. Later. There you go. Alan Poopart, baby. And call my guy, Eric, when you are looking to get work done at EJD Construction 305-433-4843. A lot of you are running into this issue. You're, you're trying to renew your insurance, your hurricane insurance, and you're finding out, well, wait a minute, they're telling you your house is a little older than 20 years. 
We need to upgrade your roof. You need to make sure you update it. And guess what? At EJD Construction, they're doing that for a lot of our listeners all throughout Dade and Broward County. So if you live in Dade or Broward, 305-433-4843, call Eric at EJDconstruction.com. This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. Right, all right, all right. We're back. We're ready to rock. Hour number three. There he is, ready with the Expos hat. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing good. Marky Post, by the way. Marky, yes. I said yeah, Margie. Marky. Marky, somebody, Troy, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Um, corrected me on that. Uh, but none, nobody will argue she was smoking hot. So that's Very attractive woman, yes. Very, was. very. Have you seen the new Night Court? I have not, and I've no, no. It, it features. Oh, uh, it only has Larroquette, and it has the uh, girl with the high pitched voice from the uh, from that uh, from the Big Bang Theory, which the, was a fabulous show. Yeah, which was an an incredible show. What's that? Melissa yeah, Lousy. she does. Yeah, she doesn't use the voice. Yeah, she doesn't use it as high pitched or anything like that. But that's uh, not a normal voice. The high pitch is not a normal voice. She did no. it for the first right, Big Bang. right, exactly. And um, and so yeah, it's not good. It's not good. There's you know you don't have the smart ass bailiff, you don't have bull. No Harry Anderson. Yeah, no Harry and Harry and her are completely different. You know she's trying to be Harry, because she's Harry's daughter, by the way. Oh, is she okay? She's Harry's daughter. So yeah, I I watched the uh, the first two episodes to give it a chance and. Didn't grab you, huh? No, dude. No, no. I, I don't think I even laughed uh, once. So that's yeah. not, that's Last of Us for me. I, I I tried it because of everybody's ranting and raving about it, and I'm sorry. It's it does nothing for me. For what? Which one? What are you talking about? Last, last of Us on HBO. Oh, okay. All right. Does nothing for me, and I know everybody's ranting and raving about it. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Sorry. Right. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just kind of the way. Hey. Um. A lot of people brag about White Lotus or whatever. I watched it. That's and a great was, show. That's a great love. Love White Lotus. I didn't. I wasn't that impressed with it. Okay. You know, I wasn't that impressed with it overall. You know, I just thought it was considering the reaction from people. I thought it was a little bit. You know, it, I get it when they got when they went crazy about Breaking Bad. Okay, I'm good with that. And Sons of Anarchy or something. But this one, eh, it didn't. It didn't rock me like you know Sopranos did. Up until happened, right? up until about right. season five, I think Sopranos. Then I think it kind of started jumping the shark. I think in season five on or something like that. But either way, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just kind of the way it is. All right, so let me ask you, uh, drama in the Dolphins. Are you surprised Danny Crossman survived? Because I think we would all argue, we would all be maybe in conjunction say that out of the three coaches. The, you know, I know there was a there was complaints about Boyer, but I think we were all like, okay, some of us could argue about Boyer, but I think we all agreed that Crossman didn't do a very good job, but yet he survives. So your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so sure exactly what the gripes were on Boyer. If, if the argument for keeping Danny Crossman is that there were a lot of injuries on defense that forced guys to get away from special teams, maybe play more. 
uh, on defense and that affected their play on special teams, then then why are we not making the same argument for Josh Poirier? Well, 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 he already had the Fangio thing. So I, I really no, think it, I, I really, I, re, I really think the Boyer thing for the Dolphins is not so much really about Boyer. It was that they already had the Fangio thing, and my God, are, are, okay, you can go get one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. You go get one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. I think that was the thing, but I think you're right in the argument of fans. No, but right for anybody who might say that, well, by Boyer deserved to be fired. No, I don't think he did, but. Had he complete had the Dolphin defense completely kicked ass again in 2022, maybe he gets another another shot. But it's tough to completely kick ass when your your scheme is predicated on having two complete stud cornerbacks. One doesn't play all year, and the other one's not right physically all year. Right. Good luck with that. So, right. um, yeah. And again, I, I think if there was a it was a stud special teams coordinator who was available somewhere. I think we might be having a different conversation right now. Um, so, I mean, it's not Danny Crossman's fault that Jason Sanders dipped again um, after a slight dip in 2021 from 2020 when he was the best kicker in the NFL. And then he got an extension and he hasn't been able to, to follow up on that. Um, not, not that for in his defense, that's not Danny Crossman's fault. The, the one Problem area was they gave up a lot of returns and they didn't have one single long return until the playoff game when Cedric Wilson had the 50 yard. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I just find that one kind of surprising or it also could be that he didn't find a coach that he was comfortable with on the special team side that he knew that he could hire. Whereas obviously there was some connection with Fangio already. So that was already rumored from last year. And it looked like the, you know, the, the old man, um, you can tell that this is one of those kind of dudes that does whatever the hell he wants to do, whether you like it or not. And I bet he really wanted to, re you know, like sit out for a year and not really coach. And then th like this whole thing, when he agreed to a deal, probably it was his agent that opened his mouth. And he's like, yo, man, I'm, I'm committed to this team. I'm not ready to talk about another team until I'm done. So this is a dude that looks like he's really set in his ways. Well, and he's got the track record for it. But, but I, listen, had the had the. Oh, we lost. Free reign of hire whoever you want to hire. Last year, after he took over, I think Big Fangio would have been the DC in twenty twenty two. It was kind of like, how, however you want you want to frame it, whether he was literally told, "No, keep Boyer around," or, I think we'd like to keep Boyer around. It's your call, but I think we like and then. However, you want to you frame it, it was kind of like in that direction. Um, no, Fangio's got the track record. I mean, he produced major results in Chicago and major results in San Francisco. Again, as I want to caution, like absolutely everybody should be stoked about it. Major reason for optimism. Let's not pretend like he didn't have stud players on those two defenses. Yeah, no, and they're the town level. Or every, it needs to come up a little bit on this Dolphin defense if we want to talk. Start thinking about a top ten defense, or everybody has to play at max capacity. No, they they can't be a top ten defense until they have a werewolf in the middle. Uh, until they get a middle linebacker, they're not going to be. They're not going to be that. You know, because whenever the Dolphins have had a great defense, there's been a Zach Thomas or a Nick Bonacani. You know, in the middle. That's kind of the way it's gone. It's uh, it's kind of the history of the game. Period. You know, whether you've got the Bears, well, then they're Singletary. You know what I'm saying? Almost every de great defense 
has great linebackers or a great middle linebacker that's kind of running the show. And 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 by the way, because of this guy's scheme, he's going to need a werewolf in the middle. So to me, that's going to be priority number one for Vic Fangio and that front office is finding that linebacker. And I think there's going to be a revamp of these linebackers, not the two outside guys, but everything else inside, you know, uh, Baker and, and, and Roberts and all these other guys. I think you're going to see a lot of changes when it comes to that position. No, no, I agree. And they have like three or four of them are UFAs who were UFAs last year and they all brought back on one-year contracts. Landon Roberts, Duke Riley, uh, Eguavon, Brendan, Brendan Scarlett, another guy they no, uh, yeah, that they brought back. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily see that happening. Duke Riley is good because he's. A I like him. Player. I like him as a, a last linebacker because special Correct. teams and you know it's kind of like like that. I can see a role for him there, but you need more two-way linebackers on that. It can, you, I love what Landon Roberts did, but he's got a, a, an enormous hole in his game. He can't cover. And, you, you know, you just can't have those kind of players out there. You just can't. There's no, and if you look at his, his teams in San Francisco, they had Navarro Bowman and, and Patrick Willis. And then his team in Chicago in 2018 when he was uh, AFC assistant uh, – I'm sorry, NFL assistant coach of the year. Well, he had Roquan Smith. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yep. It required, and the Dolphins don't have that guy. I had somebody suggesting to me, like, maybe Jerome Baker, could, his game could take a big step with I'm I'm not – yeah, I'm not seeing it. It's I, not I, who he is. It's not who he is. It's the no, same. It, it's the same. It's the same shit I, I got into with Marcel about. Well, Tua has to learn to be more off the cuff, and I'm like, no, bro, that's not who he is either. He ain't gonna be running around and creating extra yeah. plays for you. That's not who he is. Make a goddamn decision in the pocket, and that's it, kid. It's over. That's it. Move on, like a lot of other statue quarterbacks. That's what you got to do. That's who you are, Jerome Baker will be run over in the middle when he's trying to fight off blocks or trying to sift through the trash or traffic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he's not a physical linebacker. That's not who he is. And he's all of a sudden not going to become a physical linebacker. Sorry, that's just – it's not his game. No, no, I completely agree. And I, and, and I don't know if you heard me what I said before. Is I think Flores completely maxed out what Jerome Baker could be as a linebacker. I agree. Know? Send him on, on the timely blitzes and all that. Uh, have him run sideline to sideline, but he's like you said, he's not a guy who's going to be an anchor in the middle of a defense. Weak side guy, blitzer, cover a little bit out there. Uh, he's not he's not the run stuffer, man. That's just not who he is. He never was that guy. And and I'll tell you what, I give a lot of uh, a lot of the guys that I talked to in the offseason, they nailed him perfectly because they told me from the get go that he wasn't ever going to be a physical guy and you know, fighting through tackles and breaking blocks, you know, busting up blocks and and uh, and tackling behind the line of scrimmage. That's not who he's ever been, unfortunately. He's not built, he's not built like that. He's built no. like an oversized safety more exactly. than Exactly. Exactly. Yep, I'm with you there. So um, have you studied – I mean, it's unfair. I don't really like to get too much into free agency. But is there, an, is there a name or two out there that, uh, that, that could get Dolphin fans excited and would fit – Fangio scheme. I've got two names possibly that jumped out at me when I actually looked over. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, mm, Buffalo. And again, they'd have to make it work financially, obviously. And then, then they, and again, this idea of like they don't have cap space, it can't be done. No, it can be done. You it can, can find one. Yeah. Um, he's a guy I find intriguing, and who knows, he might he might be interested in the idea of a 
if the Bills make it clear they don't want to re-sign him, maybe he's going to want to have revenge on his mind. And his father played for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other guy is a guy from went to Miami Northwestern, and that's Levante David. Yeah. yeah. He's a little bit older, but he's a hell of a player. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be a big contract. That's the good thing about that one. That would be a stopgap for a year or two, and then, uh, and then you hope to draft his his replacement. You know what I mean? To kind of groom him under him or something like that. Unless they feel, unless you feel Tyndall can still be that guy. I have to see something. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see anything I liked last year. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I don't think I don't think he has the size to play that position. No, he's another guy. He's another one of those guys who needs to run around. His speed is his forte. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I, again, I, I really wish I, I was. Believe it or uh, not, I think he could be Baker's replacement. Yeah, there's a it's lot of similarities, pro- and he's going to be a lot cheaper than Jerome Baker. Right, and then and then and, and he you can kind of use him in the same way on um, passing downs, on on long on long downs, things like that, short yardage stuff then that's where you're probably going to need to change things up a little bit more. But, yeah, I think he might, he might fill that weak side linebacker role a little better, maybe. You know what I'm saying? All depends. Yeah. But what do you do with Phillips and, and, um, and uh, what's it called, um, and, and Chubb? I mean, yeah. Chubb, the, are, are, that, are both locked in as your outside linebackers? If you line up in a, like in a, as a three-four front, yeah, those are your two. Your two. So then you're, you're. So then we're looking at Tyndall being your weak side inside linebacker. Then, is that yeah. the way you would look or, at it? Or, or in passing situation, because it's not. It's. I mean, we we talk about three-four. It's not going to be three-four all the time. I mean, even like what the Dolphins did the last few years. There are times when they they clearly show it's a four-man front, and then you have. Then you can put Jalen Phillips on the line. Then at that moment. Generally speaking, yeah. Right, you could. I mean, yeah. in, in, in times that, because you're going to have a three-man front, and 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 it'll be Wilkins, Sealer, and Raekwon, but then Agba has got to be kind of that fourth guy in that rotation, right? Uh, I would right. imagine, you know. That's so he's kind of like. I mean, if you want, if you want to use that terminology, I mean, Agba is kind of a pure four-three. DN when when they had Agba in the lineup they they lined up more four across because that's uh, more that's more what he is I don't correct. think he will excel nearly as much just like Jalen I don't like him in a three four end I I don't I don't think no, that that's gonna be a three four OLB yeah that, I don't think that that yeah I don't think that that benefits him at times to be out there so yeah all right so um, special teams the other thing. It's so we, we talk about running back, we talk about middle linebacker, we talk about a tight end that fits this scheme, two-way tight end, all these kind of things that are obvious. How what kind of importance do you put on returner? Because if I want to defend Danny Crossman in one thing, you you took away his returner. He had he had a Pro Bowl returner in Jakeem, and so you've lost that a guy that was a game changer at any time that he touched the ball on special teams. How important is it to get that element back to that special teams unit? Because they don't, I mean, God bless Cedric with on the, in the playoffs that he got that long one, but again, that's not his game either. So how important should it be for them to find that shifty dude 
that I would imagine with today's roster limits and because you've got to carry that third quarter, that third quarterback probably, you're going to need a guy that is a kick and a punt returner. Yeah, and, but it's almost like like the kickoff returner is like, I mean, for Christ's sake, they, I think they I know it goes through the end zone most of the time. Everything's a touchback, so yeah. it's like, um, and the punt returns, I think for the most part around the league were fairly insignificant. It just so happened that it seemed every long return was against the Dolphins, which is where the where the main major problem was. I mean, it's like Jesus Christ, there's so many of them. Um, so yeah, it would be nice. I don't know that it's, it certainly doesn't top for me a linebacker. No. Another DB, another O lineman, a tight end. Unless the Dolphins think Tanner, Connor, and Hunter Long can get the job done. Um, do you, you know, do, it, do you think Hunter Long and Tanner Connor can get the job done? I'm very intrigued by Tanner Connor, even though I didn't like the fact that basically dropped everything. Two, well, not two out of three. I mean, his, his catch percentage is not very good. Three thirty three will get you in the Hall of Fame in baseball, but as a receiver, and nah, not going to get it done. No. Um, but there was something intriguing about him, Hunter Long. I want to, I want to be a believer, but I got to see something. Yeah, yeah. There, there just hasn't been enough uh, with Hunter, unfortunately, uh, to to believe in. Uh, what are you working on over at the at Sports Illustrated at alldolphins.com, my friend? I put up not too long ago something about Trill Williams and his place in the secondary, along with his rehab um and i'm about to publish very soon uh quick look at where Tua stands in nfl mvp odds for 2023 as well as where he was placed on the nfl.com list of ranking of quarterbacks see that that that's the kind of quality i want from to read about the dolphins not oh we should explore lamar jackson i mean come on bro like you know no, here's the thing, but here's and and I'm going to use your platform to to make this point because I got I took some flack for writing a story of about exploring somebody throughout. They were talking about potential fits for Derek Carter, for Derek Carter, excuse me, Derek Carr. And since a national media member threw it out there, I presented it ex, and ex, explored it, and basically my point was like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I still took flack for like, why are you, why are you writing about this? Could be and all that. I'm making the point. It's somebody who's got a major, major national platform who threw it out there uh, on Good Morning Football. Derek Carr for the Dolphins is a good fit. And I'm like, really? How, how does that make sense? Does it from the Dolphins standpoint or from Carr's standpoint? Right. Um, yeah. But it's it's out there just like the Lamar Jackson thing. It's going to be addressed. I'm going to address it at some point because it's out there, whether we whether we like it or not. It's out there. It's not just. I mean, there are odds. People, odds makers put out odds, and for next team for Derek Carr, you don't see the Dolphins anywhere. For Aaron Rodgers, you don't see the Dolphins anywhere. For Lamar Jackson, the Dolphins are on the list. They're not among the, the top teams, but they're on the list. And then you had the story in the Athletic where an, where an executive anonymously said he could see Lamar to the Dolphins. Right. No, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just saying the guy's right. I'm saying it's out there. No, I get it. I get it. But it's like, it, for those people that write that, it's like, okay, did you watch Mike McDaniel's offense? That's not what Lamar runs. He can't run that offense. That's not who he is. Plus, 
you would have to trade picks, which they don't have a lot of picks. And then he's going to want a big-ass guaranteed salary, something you don't have to give to anybody right now because the guy you have is still under a rookie contract. So you don't have resources, but you want to use the only resources you have left to acquire a guy and create more cap problems for you down the line. And then you've got to change the entire offense. On top of all of that, everything that you were running, now you throw it out the window because it's a completely different offense that you're going to be running. I don't think people realize the amount of change that would have to take place in order for you to acquire Lamar Jackson. But you, and you forgot, you forgot one, thing, one, thing, one other thing also. What's that? If you're moving from Tua right now, the issue being that you're concerned for his long-term oh, yeah. you know, durability. Yeah. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's missed five games each of the last two years. Yeah, he misses He's more games. He's a running quarterback yeah. Yeah. who's going to break down at some point. Right. So where's the logic that? If, you, if you're it's, – it's, There's no logic to it, bro. If you're acquiring Zero. somebody who's rock solid, you know he's not going to have injury issues. Okay, but Lamar Jackson's not and, – and, and the other factors you mentioned, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just – it, The guaranteed contract and what you'd have to give up for him. Uh, makes no so. sense. Dolphin fans, make sure you bookmark it, alldolphins.com, so you can catch all of his work there at Sports Illustrated. He is Alan Pupar. Alan, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. We will catch up next weekend, next week. Have a great weekend. You got it. There you go. Alan Pupar and our EJDconstruction.com, Miami Dolphins report. And don't forget to reach out to the great people at EJD Construction. Uh, Eric does a phenomenal job, 305-433-4843. In fact, they were at my house today doing some stuff. Uh, they are just absolutely phenomenal. They rebuilt our fence. They did everything, dude. They did an amazing job. They can do for you guys the same thing. I know that a lot of our listeners in Dade and Broward County, because it's only Dade and Broward. I'm sorry for those of you that have called them from Palm Beach. My mistake. 305-433-4843. we got a lot of listeners because they're trying to redo their insurance now, their hurricane insurance, and, they're, and the companies are telling them, wait a minute. We need your roof upgraded. We need it inspected to make sure it passes code. And there's a new level that you've got to reach for your roof now. So when you do renew, you might get asked to get it inspected. Call EJD Construction. They can bring it up to code. So that way you can get your new policy. Save yourself some money. 305-433-4843. Hey, listen, we're talking about custom home construction and major home remodeling. One of our listeners built an observation deck. Another listener uh, built this whole hut in the back. It's not like a tiki hut. It's nicer than a tiki hut, actually. It looks really cool. And it has like a full kitchen, barbecue, grease trap. I mean, all kinds of things. Uh, Another one of our listeners had a fire in their home. They had to remediate everything and gut it all out. EJD Construction did all of that for you. 305-433-4843. You got to build a second floor. You got to build a new room. You got to expand the home. You got to modernize the kitchen. EJD Construction can do all of that. And they do shell construction in-house. That's how they keep the cost down. 305-433-4843.